Hello, this is Bad Vibes. Today's video is a short one. Don't worry. Next video will be an hour. Today's stories are online stories. If you have any online horror stories, please send them in to badvibes760 at gmail.com and sit back, relax, and enjoy. This was back in my single mom online dating days. Good old 2016. I came across a decent looking guy on Plenty of Fish who lived in my hometown. I did all the right things, googled him, checked his social media, chatted for a few weeks before meeting, and then met in public. The guy, I'll call him Mike, seemed very nice, even bought a small toy for my toddler son. There just wasn't really a romantic connection. We both agreed that being friends was a better idea and carried on chatting through text. I continued my pursuit of a relationship and my friendship with Mike for probably a few weeks when a family friend called my mother frantically about a post she had seen on Craigslist about me. What I found seemed innocent enough, a stranger professing their desire to help me. I was a single mom working at a fast food drive through so it was no secret that I'm struggling financially. I found it more funny than anything, but was also curious. My Craigslist admirer turned out to be a friend of my mother who had a crush on me for some years. I was only 22 at the time, and yet, this isn't the creepy guy of the story. The older man admitted that he had made a post while drunk after seeing a listing by me offering sexual favors for money. Pictures of my face photoshopped onto nude bodies, my real name, my workplace, and the fact that I was a single mom living alone all listed in an ad offering sexual favors for money. I was mortified. Luckily, the post wasn't up for long after the older man reached it and took screenshots. Also luckily, the poster was stupid enough to use their real phone number and a selfie I had only sent that one person. Mike was catfishing men as me. I chewed him out and cut him off. Looking back now, I wish I would have done more and thank heavens I wasn't targeted or assaulted as a result of this disgusting creep. It's true that I lived a very sheltered life. My grandma never really trusted me to do anything on my own and could barely stand to allow me to access the outside world. She controlled my use on the internet, never allowed me to have a phone and always tried to force me to come home straight after school. I couldn't even watch the news or read a newspaper. So it's safe to say that when I turned 18, I became a little reckless. I found sneaky ways to get around her, no internet time, by going over to my friend's houses and using their phones. Well, that's how I met Matt. Matt was a 27-year-old man. Needless to say, I started to develop feelings for Matt and thought he had feelings for me, though now I see I was wrong. He knew from stories how controlling my grandmother was and wanted to help you experience all that life has to offer. I agreed to wanting to experience what he had to teach me. At the time, I was working as a janitor and had a steady income. One of the things I asked Matt to do was to buy me alcohol, and I offered to pay for it. He happily agreed and told me to meet him two cities over, so I did, and the first thing we did when we met up was go to buy the alcohol. 
He brought me back to his place and introduced me to his friends, Taylor and Sarah, a married couple. So the four of us began drinking and it didn't take long for Tyler and Matt to get smashed. I was taking it slow due to it being my first time drinking, though that didn't stop Matt from trying to force more alcohol down my throat. When it got close to being dark, Matt and Tyler had gotten into a fight. To this day, I can't remember what they were fighting about. It had gotten so bad that Tyler started beating the crap out of Matt. I had never seen two people actually fist fighting before and was unsure how to stop it. Sarah and I just kept yelling at them to stop. Eventually, the fight made its way outside and Tyler had Matt laying on the grass while he was punching him over and over again. Suddenly, Matt's grandfather showed up. He lived just down the road. Matt's grandfather yelled at Tyler, telling him that he called the cops and Tyler stopped punching Matt. Tyler walked over to Matt's grandfather and demanded his car keys from him. Matt's grandfather refused and Tyler forced the keys out of his hand. Tyler ran over to the truck and gets in just as the cops show up. Tyler freaks out and floors it out of the driveway. The cops blocked his way and Tyler decided to drive up onto the driveway of the people across the street, slamming full force into the boat that the neighbor was working on. Thankfully, the neighbor was quick enough to get out of the way. The cops pulled Tyler out of the car and arrested him. Matt went to the hospital and Matt's grandfather looked after me, asking me to stay until Matt got back from the hospital. I agreed, wanting to make sure that Matt was okay. It had gotten late by the time Matt got back. He told me that I was just going to stay the night. I tried to protest, but he wouldn't take no for an answer. That should have been a red flag for me, but I ignored it. I ended up spending the night on his couch. The next day, Matt took me to the bus station and sent me home. I thought that I would never see Matt again, till one day he contacted me. I could only use email as a form of communication due to having no phone. He invited me to a party. I was excited to go and said yes. He asked me for my address and I gave it to him. Later that night, he came in and picked me up. First thing he asked me is if I could help him by giving him money for alcohol. I agreed and gave him some money. We went to go pick up some drinks. We then started to drive to where the party was. I kept trying to ask him where we were going because he seemed to keep driving further and further away from the city. He kept saying, It's a surprise. Don't worry, baby. I'll take good care of you. He grabbed my knee and roughly squeezed it. Red flag number two. He kept driving and the houses kept getting more and more spread out. Why are we going so far out? We're going to a friend's place. Don't worry, they throw parties all the time. We finally made it to the house. I had gotten really nervous now because it was only house for miles around. We get out of the car and go in. When I enter, I see Sarah is there. I also see Tyler is there. I gave him a look and he said, Don't worry, girly. We made amends. I looked around and there was no one else there. Where are the owners of the house? Well, they aren't actually here, but they said we could throw a party. They are out of town for a few weeks, Matt said, shoving a strong drink in my hands. Red flag number three. Feeling uncomfortable, I said. I don't really feel like this is the right thing to do. Matt only laughed and told me to start drinking. That feeling will go away when you're buzzed. 
When I hesitated, he walked up to me and put the cup to my lips, forcing me to take a drink. I coughed at how strong the drink was, and everyone laughed and began drinking and dancing. Matt and Tyler had quickly gotten drunk, and I'm sure that Sarah was high on something because she quickly passed out on the floor. Later on in the night, I asked Matt if I could go home. He said, Tomorrow, baby. We are having fun tonight. Come on. He grabbed me by my hands and pulled me into one of the rooms. We can sleep in here for the night. Tyler walked in just then and said, Lame, you guys are going to go to sleep right now? Matt only laughed and said, Dude, get out of here. You're cock-blocking me. They both laughed and Matt tossed me onto the bed. Matt, please, I don't feel comfortable here. I want to go home. Matt got mad at the point and said, You are staying here for the night. If you don't behave yourself, I will let Tyler here use you as his own enjoyment. When I started to shake, Tyler leaned over and said, Chill out, girly. He was only joking. Matt chimes in. Was I? And they both started to laugh. After a few hours of them talking, Tyler left the room and Matt laid down. Good night, baby. He slurred and passed out. I got off the bed and walked to the bathroom. I splashed some water in my face and tried to breathe. I finally calmed down and walked back to the room and lay down on the floor. I fell asleep quickly. The next morning I get up and walk into the kitchen. Everyone is there and Matt walks up to me handing me some juice. I took a drink and gagged. Is there alcohol in this? Everyone laughed and Sarah said, It's called a screwdriver. I set the cup down. It's early. I don't want to drink. They all frowned and Matt said, I've been drinking since I got up. You told me that you would take me home today. Matt waved his hand at me and said, Tomorrow, babe. The three of them spent the rest of the day drinking and sleeping. Every once in a while, Matt would force me to chug a drink. You gotta catch up with us, baby. Come on, life is much better this way. I was just asking him if he could take me home, and he would just blow me off. That night, he was so drunk and he forced me to do things I wasn't comfortable with, and in the middle of it all, he passed out. I pushed him off of me and crawled to the ground. I cried myself to sleep that night. Days 3, 4, 5, and 6 were all the same. He kept saying, Tomorrow, babe, and would force a drink down my throat. Finally, on day seven, the owners of the house came home. They didn't seem worried that there were people there partying, but at least when I asked them to take me home, they were more than happy to do so, though Matt threw a fit and told them that I was joking. I had to wait until Matt drank himself to sleep to ask again to be taken home. I begged them to take me home and told them that I wasn't happy there and how long I'd been there. They seemed surprised and quickly got me out of the house. They dropped me off in my city. I took the bus home and locked myself in my room for an entire week and never told anyone what happened for fear that Matt would hurt me for telling anyone or for the fear that no one in my life would believe me. To this day, at the age of 27, I still can't deal with driving in more rural areas in my state. Sure, I could have just walked away from the house at any point, but I was taken to a house in the pitch black and had no idea where I was. I tried to use Matt's phone to call someone to come pick me up, but his phone was always locked. I thought about calling the cops, 
but I didn't have the address and was scared that the cops would put me in jail for drinking underage. I didn't want my life to be ruined over this. I was also scared that if Matt woke up and saw me holding his phone, that he would hurt me. I was scared the whole time and always had alcohol in my system, so my thoughts weren't always clear. I was also sleep deprived as I was trying to sleep on the floor for days on end and if I tried to sleep any time that they were awake, they would wake me back up. I admit that they were all very creepy and refused to even listen to how I felt. Thankfully though, I was able to get out and I never saw them again. From that point on, I was very careful not to trust people so easily. When I was in 9th grade, everyone around me was getting a boyfriend, so I wanted one too, and see what the hype actually was. I look like a nerd, which I still am, and openly embrace it now. No guy in my school would look at me that way. This was about 8 years ago, and I had just started using Facebook. A guy approached me, who was 4 years older than me, and said that he used to be in my school, but then changed schools which I really doubt now as he knew nothing about my school and used to give me stupid excuses whenever I asked him something. I just wanted to experience what having a boyfriend felt like so when he proposed I said yes when we hadn't even met. He used to make sexual remarks now and then which I ignored. He had asked me many times to meet but I couldn't really come up with an excuse to give at home so we never met. About 9 months into our virtual relationship, I got a big crush on someone from my school, so I decided to end things with him. He tried to talk me out of it and meet up at least once, but I said no. Fast forward 5 years, he tried contacting me again to meet him the next day. I was in my second year of college and he believed that he could talk me into it again. As always, I refused. A few months back, I realized this person was probably a pedophile, as I was 14 when he was trying to get with me, and he was over 18, so I wanted to confront him. So I texted him straight away and asked. All he said was, I still have your number safe, baby. I immediately blocked him. In all those years, he tried contacting many girls from my school, some of the mutual friends on Facebook and other places. To the guy I feel was a pedophile and never met, let's not meet ever. A few days ago, I put my electric drums up for sale on Craigslist as I moved to a new apartment and unfortunately had no room for them. Within minutes of posting my ad, I got a response. Their English wasn't terrible, but it clearly wasn't their first language. They offered to pay me the full 200 I was asking for and the extra 100 for no reason. They said movers will come pick them up on Friday and that a check, which included the money and movers fee, would be within one or two business days this Sunday night. They asked me to take down the ad immediately. Obviously, I thought the buyer was local, so I offered to drive it in my pickup truck, but they completely ignored it, saying that they would have it picked up without thank yous or anything. The person spoke very blandly, with almost no personality. I started to get suspicious, 
But I'm a little bit behind on cash and need to get these drums sold, so I wanted to see what would happen. I thought, maybe I was just being paranoid. However, that's where things start to get weird. This morning, they text me with the shipping code so that I could keep track of it. A few hours later, they text me and checked if it had arrived in the mail. It's worth noting at this point that whenever I didn't respond to them within minutes, they text me asking where I was. Another thing they do is say things like, Kindly notify me when you receive the check and kindly deposit the check. They said kindly in almost every text. It was like they needed to know where I did everything and didn't want to seem forceful or off-putting, but it did. Well, I went to go get the check this evening and when I opened it, it was worth $2,550. I was stunned. Why were they paying that much? I then realized the shipping address was to Cobb, Wisconsin. Over $2,000 in mover fees. Why wouldn't they just buy local? All the red flags are piling up and at this point, alarm bells are blaring in my head. I really don't think that I'm being paranoid anymore. Something is very fishy. I try to check the place out and from what I could tell, they buy, manufacture, and sell farm and industrial equipment. Why are they buying electric drums? That's the final red flag. I text them that I burnt the check over the sink, which I did after taking a pick and I'm gonna block them and pretend that this never happened. I hope that was the right thing to do. What do you think?